Welcome to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast, where each week our goal is to simply get a better understanding of God's Word, the Bible. We hope you will get reading this amazing book and join us on this exciting journey. And now, here's your host, Pastor Mark Miner. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for time in me as we together take this journey on the 24-Minute the Bible to seek to understand not only the truths of the word, but how we're looking next at all together. The book of Jude. Uh, Jude is a powerful book of only 25 verses, positioned right before the book of Revelation, which will be, we've got to stop next week. And thank you for, we've got a lot to unpack today. Again, thank you for being a part. Please, uh, uh, if you will, give me some grace concerning my voice as I stand before you here today. It's December 21st of 2022. Uh, the shortest day of the year. We're moving in the right direction, though, because it's going to start getting lighter every single day. And I enjoy light. But one of the things that concerns me is that I just looked here in southern Illinois where I'm recording this podcast. And I noticed that on Friday, our high is six and our low is six below. I'm not liking the cold weather, but it's red hot as we look at the Word of God today. So thank you for being a part. Uh, I trust that you gained some insight and wisdom. I would encourage you to check out uh, not only today's Facebook page, but some of the ones from the past as uh, we've walked our way through the Bible. The charts, the graphs, the pictures help to bring the Word of God uh, to, a, to a very uh, discernible and visual and rememberable way. And that really is our goal. So, again, thank you for being a part. The book of Jude, uh, <clears throat> what, a, what a powerful book. And uh, I always give you a key phrase because I think it's important uh, to just remember one thing about each of the books. So the key phrase from the book of Jude is simply this, false teachers. False teachers. If you can remember that concerning the 25 verses in this one chapter book known as Jude, uh, you will have accomplished something. But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the background here. Uh, I, I don't know if you realize this. I say it often. I say it in my church. I say it when I'm talking to people. Uh, I say it because I believe it, that the world is not getting less spiritual. It's getting more spiritual. Now, that's not necessarily a positive thing because there's a battle in the spiritual realm. And that battle is very real, and we're seeing it lived out in front of us. Let me give you some uh, background information. I like statistics. Statistics can be manipulated, but if they're genuine statistics, it's just like a thermostat you can find out or a thermometer. You can find out what the temperature is of your body. Uh, there are different tests that we can take. We may not like it. I don't like to always step on the scales, but nonetheless, it gives me a true reading. And so as we look at some of the statistics, I think it might give us a true reading today, not only of the book of Jude, but why the book of Jude is so pertinent today, perhaps as much as any other book in the New Testament, as it speaks to this issue of false teachers. For example, a recent survey, uh, 2020 was when this survey was taken, of 26,000 respondents, that's a huge number. A uh, large number, so you can trust the results if the uh, research was randomly and, and validly run. We're going to accept that it was. But this is the research, uh, <clears throat> and this was across the world. 47% of the respondents said that, quote, they believed in the existence of an intelligent alien civilization or civilizations. 
In other words, 47% of the people who answered of these 26,000 people said they believe that the DT's out there or someone's out there beyond this world. Uh, also, the same research said that 61% responded yes when they believed that there might be some form of life on other planets. Now, I'm not here to debate extraterrestrials or anything like that uh, from a theological standpoint or a sociological standpoint. I'm just simply saying that we have a very spiritual world. People believe that there are things out there. They may not be calling it God, but they're calling it uh, super intelligent because we never have dumb aliens, if you've noticed that from the movies. Uh, they're never dumb when they come here, the Borg or whoever it may be. They're always super intelligent, higher uh, than us. That's why they have the enlarged head so that they can, uh, they have a, a super intelligence. So, uh, <clears throat> but there's a great amount of people, if this uh, survey is correct, that believe that there's intelligent life out there beyond us as human beings. Let me give you another background survey here. This comes from Lifeway Survey and from Ligonier, which is another religious organization. Both of these two are. It also was done in 2020. And this was concerning to me from the standpoint of as a pastor, from the standpoint of what we're doing here with the 24-Minute Bible Podcast in seeking to understand God's Word. Here is uh, what that survey found. 52% of the United States believes that Jesus was a great teacher, but not that he was the only begotten, the, the one and only Son of God. In other words, they believe that Jesus had some wisdom to give us but they do not accept his exclusivity. In other words, that he's the only way, the only truth, and the only avenue to get to heaven. 52%. That's over half the nation, my friend, if that survey can be translated on to the entire nation. So uh, we've got some research and we've got some background out there that says that our world is very spiritual. Our world is going, from my standpoint, in some wrong or different directions. Let me give you a third uh, little piece of background here. There's a movement that has gained a lot of ground in the last few years called Revoice, Revoice Movement. And they have infiltrated many uh, mainline denominations, uh, schools, colleges, Christian colleges particularly. And uh, what they hold, the Revoice Movement, holds that uh, a very non-traditional view of what we have uh, often for the last hundreds of years considered as orthodoxy or mainline normal Christian beliefs. For example, without getting into it, they have non-traditional views on human sexuality. Uh, they exchange the term sin. They would not use the term sin. They use terms like brokenness and disordered desires. Brokenness and disordered desires. Now you may say, well, that kind of makes some sense. But it does contrast with what the Bible says, because the Bible very uh, pointedly uses the term Jesus, often used the word sin. And yet the Revoice movement wants to take the edge off that, the uh, accusation, perhaps, if you will, of the judgmentalism, according to them. Now, why am I saying all this? Well, again, the book of Jude is all about false teachers. So let's let's look at a few words directly from Jude's book. And then we'll talk about who Jude is, and then we'll talk about some key concepts here as we close out our episode today. Here are some exact quotes from the book of Jude concerning these false teachers. Jude says they pervert grace. They provide a license for immorality. 
Jude says they deny Jesus as the only Savior. He continues on, and I'm quoting straight from the book now. You can read these 25 verses in this uh, one-chapter book, and you can see these terms. Uh, he says they pollute their bodies. He also says they reject authority. They mock celestial beings. They have followed the way of the unholy uh, trinity of Cain, Balaam, and Korah. He also calls them blemishes on your love feast. Wow. Now understand what Jude is saying here. Again, we're still in the background before we get to some of the exact concepts, but uh, Jude is saying these people aren't outside the church. He's saying they're in the church. They're part of your love feast. Uh, they are in your congregation or your organization, if you will. So Jude is very targeted. Uh, and his target is, as I've mentioned in his epistle, false teachers. It's a very important book for then, as Jude was writing around 65, 70, somewhere in their A.D. Uh, it's a very important book for us now. There are many good and spirit-filled, traditional, solid, biblically-based, historically-based teachers out there on television and on podcasts such as this one and on the YouTube airways, and, and that's great. But by the same token, as it was in Jude's day, so it is in our day, there are also many teachers and so-called ministries who have compromised the truth of the Bible, who are teaching something that is diametrically opposed to the teachings of the Bible, oftentimes under the auspices of some kind of religious overtone, but when you get into their teaching, you won't find what they're saying lines up with the scripture. In fact, most often it goes contrary to it. Some of these so-called teachers also claim to have new revelations or a superiority, a superior understanding of the scripture. Others just mix Bible verses with all kinds of New Age mysticisms, literally creating sort of a witch's brew, if you will. And then yet others uh, turn the word love into a justification to do anything you want, believe anything you want, and have no fear of consequences because a God of love could never punish you or send you to hell. And that, prominent is very, that teaching is very prominent. And I could name some names. I won't for the purpose of this podcast, but there are books out there that are teaching these very things. Some who were former pastors and teachers who have now stepped to the other side, who have <clears throat> excuse me, embraced the revoice sort of movement and now showing, sharing in their teachings sort of a superior, let's move on, God didn't really intend to say what he said and we know better now sort of idea. Well, I, I would have to disagree. Uh, <clears throat> there are consequences for our actions. Uh, there is, as uh, <clears throat> some would contest, but I believe, and I, if you take the scripture as I've been, uh, as we've been walking through it for these, uh, for this last 51 weeks now, as we started in Genesis and now move next week to Revelation and finish up uh, this amazing book and hopefully this amazing study of the amazing book uh, that has hopefully helped you. But uh, <clears throat> you will see throughout the scripture that uh, the Bible seems to speak of a literal 
place called hell or Hades or Sheol. There are different terms uh, that define the, the same reality. And to dismiss hell as a reality, suggesting that God was only using hell as sort of a, a boogeyman to scare you, to keep you from exploring out-of-bounds behaviors or cultural taboos, uh, I think is heresy. I think it's false teaching. And again, that's what the book of Jude is all about. For Jude, his reasons for writing the book might be best explained uh, in this concept, uh, this question perhaps, which is more dangerous. A bottle clearly marked rat poison? Or a bottle of milk with a few teaspoons of rat poison added? So let's talk about who was Jude. Now there are, just like there are many Marys and many Johns in the Bible, it gets confusing. That same thing happens when we start tossing around the name of Jude or Judas, which is really the same name. We have three options as for the author of uh, this amazing book. Uh, there, because there are three Judes referenced in the New Testament. The first one is, of course, Judas Iscariot, uh, the betrayer. The second Jude is Jude the Apostle. He's sometimes also known as Thaddeus. And then there was a third Jude, a Jude that we read about in Matthew 13, 55, when they were coming to Jesus and wondering who Jesus was. And somebody makes this statement as recorded in Matthew 13, 55. Isn't this a carpenter's son? Isn't his mother named Mary? And aren't his brothers named James and Joseph, uh, Simon and Judas? Uh, so from that verse, we also know that Jesus had a brother by the name of Jude or Judas. Most scholars believe that the author of this book was the half-brother of Jesus, known as Jude. So in the New Testament, we have the book of James, authored by the half-brother of Jesus. And then we have the book of Jude, authored by the half-brother of Jesus. So that gives us at least a little bit of an idea of who Jude was. Now let's, let's get into some of the key concepts that have to do with uh, the book of Jude. And, and as I talk about key concepts, honestly, uh, a lot of this, sometimes there's a foundational, theological uh, sort of a, a import to some of the things that we would talk about under the key concepts. But uh, instead, with uh, the book of Jude, uh, there's some unique, eccentric, or I, I can't really call God eccentric, can I? But uh, some things that are just very interesting, enticing. You know, God likes to use salt. Every offering in the Old Testament was salted it to be an offering. And God enjoys salt, and sometimes he just salts things throughout the Word. Have you noticed that in the Old Testament? You might be reading along, and all of a sudden there's just a few verses, and you go, wow, where did this come from? It's like the Lord just sort of dropped it in to entice to uh, whet your appetite, so to speak, or just to give us insight because of a, a concept or a foundation we might need to understand. Well, he does that throughout the Bible, and the book of Jude is, is uh, not only an, not an exception, but it has a number of them. And so I want to give you, under the key concepts, a few things that are unique to the book of Jude. For example, uh, under key concepts, the battle for the body of Moses. Now, you might remember the book of Deuteronomy that Moses died and God buried him. And the scripture is very clear about that. And yet we read in the book of Jude something unique to the Bible, unique to the Old Testament concept in that it's not there. But we read it here in verse 9. Uh, this is the verse. 
But even the archangel Michael, who, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Jesus, did not himself dare to condemn him uh, for slander, uh, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, now Jude is telling us about the, these false teachers, how they don't care to slander celestial beings. But notice the in, insight here that there was a battle for the body of Moses. Now, I don't understand what that means, but I do find it interesting. And, and of course, you have the, the very angel Michael. Uh, Michael, you have three angels named in the Bible. We've talked about this before, but just for reference sake, you have Michael that's mentioned numerous times, and you have Gabriel. As I record this, of course, it's near Christmas time, and it was Gabriel who showed up to Zachariah and told him about the birth of John. It was Gabriel who showed up to Mary, and at that moment she received God's word. She also became uh, impregnated with the Son of God. Uh, the uh, <clears throat> Immaculate Conception, as we sometimes call it. That, that, so we have Michael and Gabriel, the third angel, uh, often referenced. His name is Lucifer, although that really just occurs in the King James Version as he's referenced. It literally means the Shining One. Lucifer, I think, is a legitimate name. So we have uh, of, of this angel that became Satan, uh, so we do have three angels referenced in, in the Bible by name, multitudes of angels, as uh, we'll see here in just a moment, that are also referenced not by name, some by title, some simply by their presence before Almighty God. But uh, there was a battle going on, according to Jude, concerning the body of Moses, and we read about that only in the book of Jude. There's a, a second key concept, and that has to do with... Uh, uh, the man by the name of Enoch. Now, you might remember Enoch from the Old Testament. Enoch walked with God, and then he was not, for God took him home, translated him, removed him from planet Earth without death. The only two men that never died in the Bible are Elijah, who was taken up in a chariot of fire, and Enoch, who was translated or caught up uh, to God uh, in the book of Genesis. Now, again, we're not here to explain those concepts, but we read something very interesting in the book of Jude, and it is a quote <clears throat> from the book of Enoch. Uh, again, let me step back for a moment. There are 10, 12, 14, just depending on how we parse it out, but there are numerous other books that are referenced in the Bible. They are not the Holy Bible. They are not inspired, God-breathed. They are simply books that the Bible talks about or references. There's a book of Jasher, uh, which is referenced in the book of Joshua. Uh, there's the book of the visions of Edo the seer that's referenced four or five times in the book of Chronicles and Kings and, and some of those places in the Old Testament. There are many other different books that are referenced as being in existence even though God did not write them. The book of Enoch is one of them. And you can, you can buy the book of Enoch and the book of Jasher today. Some of these books are extant and still in existence. Some of them, we have no concept of where they came from. They're just referenced in the Bible. But here's what Jude 14 says, and it is indeed a quote. If you have the book of Enoch, you'll find this uh, quote referenced. Again, that does not establish Enoch as a book of Holy Scripture. It is simply being referenced here 
by Jude, the author of this book of Jude. Here's the quote. It's found in Jude 14, where it says, Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about them. And here's where the prophecy says, See, the Lord is coming with thousands upon thousands of his holy ones to judge everyone and to convict all of them of all the ungodly acts they have committed in their ungodliness and of all the defiant words ungodly sinners have spoken against them. Now again, Jude is talking about these false teachers, these individuals who slam celestial beings, who operate as blemishes on your love feast and as brute beasts, uh, it is said elsewhere. Uh, so that's the, the reason he's quoting that. But it is interesting that uh, the book of Enoch is referenced by Jude here in Jude verse 14. Just a couple others as we close out here. Uh, there's, a, there's a warning that is important for us from, from the time of the cross and the resurrection all the way to this very moment. There's a concept that's very important. It's, it's important for us today. And this is the concept. There are those who are with us, but who are not of us. There are those who are with us, but are not of us. You know, it's well documented that uh, for the church uh, behind the Iron Curtain and the Bamboo Curtain, particularly Russia and China, uh, that for many years since the 40s, since communism has come to its wicked prevalence in those uh, incredible countries, that the communist regime has sought to infiltrate the church. They see the church as the enemy to their uh, wicked pursuits and their form of hideous government. Uh, and so they've infiltrated the church. They would send, send spies into the house meetings. Uh, meetings were charted. Uh, pastors were persecuted. Many, many years ago, uh, 2000, I had the opportunity to go to China, and I had the opportunity to preach at a house church. It was actually at the bottom of a, an apartment complex, and as I arrived with, some, with uh, the other group of people, and they'd asked me to, to preach, I was honored to do so. Uh, out of nowhere, there appeared about 300 people. It was just formed at this uh, uh, sort of a, a gathering place, a cafeteria, if you will, and I had the opportunity with the interpreter to preach to them, but they were a house church. They were a secret church. There was no meeting. There was no recognition. There were no signs out front because they knew that they'd be persecuted. Well, that is indeed what Jude was talking about. There are those who have crept in or sneaked in among us. They are not of us, but they are there either with uh, their... Uh, false teachings and their desires to dilute the gospel or their desire as it is in China and Russia and so many other countries today to destroy the church and the gospel. Well, let me close out with uh, the last verses of the book of Jude. It's a, it's a doxology. A doxology just means a, a word of praise, a word of doxa, praise. And, and uh, this is what we read in uh, the book of, uh, as the closing verses in the book of Jude. These are the words to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. My friend, we all need that today in this very crazy culture we live in. To him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's how Jude ends his glorious book. And that's how we'll end today's podcast. 
on the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. One more week, we're going to be looking at the book of Revelation next week in episode 117. This is episode 116. Thank you for being a part today, for putting up with my, uh, maybe not a strong voice, but just thank you for uh, walking together with me on this path to seek to understand this glorious book called the Bible. Have a blessed week. Look forward to seeing you next week again on the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the 24-Minute Bible Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and look forward to continuing this journey to understanding the Bible, please subscribe to our channel. And if you would be so kind, share it with your friends who might enjoy it. We would also love it if you would leave us a review. It really does help us. Join us next week for another episode as we work our way through the Bible book by book. Have a blessed week.